Obvious, the podcast. Welcome back to Obvious, the podcast in which we talk about overlooked aspects of obvious things. This second season is all about borders. My name is Astrid, and today we'll talk about borders and love. You guessed it. Today's show is about long-distance relationships. Couples separated by thousands of kilometers are actually more common than you might think. Here are some stats. According to 2019 OKCupid data, 46% of women and 45% of men are open to a long-distance relationship with the right person. But statistically speaking, they also don't last. A 2010 German study found that the average length of a long-distance relationship was 2.9 years, less than half the length of a proximal relationship, 7.3 years. But those are just numbers. And we've got some personal stories told by real couples for you today. And one of them comes from one of us, producers of this podcast. So welcome to episode three of this second season of Obvious, about borderless love. Hey Sasha, so what's your story? Almost four years now, this sound has been the soundtrack of my relationship. I met Michele in 2017, and since then, we've probably spent a total of eight months physically together. The rest of the time, we were separated by a different number of kilometers and borders. I've never been the best at keeping in touch digitally, so I could never imagine myself in a long-term, long-distance relationship. But here I am almost four years in, sending my boyfriend a video of one of those unforgettable Moscow sunsets with a caption, wish you were here. Like in every couple's lifetime, there were highs and lows. The hardest thing for me was compiling these endless to-do-later-together lists, feeling like what was happening in the moment was just a rehearsal of what we'll one day redo together. But every relationship has it differently, And for this episode, I asked three other couples about the struggle. I am Mate Fobi. I'm from Hungary originally, but I grew up uh, in the Middle East, among other places. And um, then my significant other is Natia. She's from Georgia. And we met here in Tbilisi, in the Georgian capital, in July 2017. The successful pickup line was, uh, you know, Hi, hey, I have the new episode of Game of Thrones downloaded at mine. Do you want to come over and watch it? Mate and his girlfriend Natia had been long distance for almost four years before moving in together a few months ago. They've also lived through difficult moments, especially as borders even within the EU closed during the pandemic. You know, the original plan was that um, that we would see each other as soon as possible, but then the flights kept getting cancelled and cancelled and cancelled. So there the problem was that uh, different travel bans to and from the EU were in place. So that was where very much were in the same situation because just as you said that previously it was always possible to hop on a flight and even if it was expensive you know it would be worth it from the emotional standpoint anyway of seeing your partner you can plan things and you're sure of your plans and you have something to look forward to so you have that not to be too dramatic here but you have that light at the end of the tunnel that you know that you know on day x i'm flying it might it might be six weeks from now but i know that it's going to happen Now, with the pandemic, that was definitely not the case because six weeks became 10 weeks, 10 weeks became 15 weeks and, you know, so on, so on. Another thing was jealousy 
or the potential interest in other people. Though Mata and Natya trusted each other, those thoughts still crossed their minds. But ultimately, it came with silver lining. There were periods of some, you know, difficulty or growing pains where the relationship could have gone a lot of ways, of course. Uh, but in those moments, when those thoughts crossed, um, you know, our minds, or I don't want to speak for her, but like my minds, when anything, something happened like that for me, rather than this feeling of wanting to break things off, what I actually felt was a stronger connection. And actually, like these... Um, these times of struggle actually made the relationship stronger. So I asked him about other things that helped them get through these four years. And that's what he said. Well, a lot of it has to do with the availability of technology for our generation. Of course, uh, long distance is made vastly easier by the existence of video calls and of actually being able to see each other, talk with each other, you know, hear your, your significant other's voice, see their face. It's a lot different from what my mom had to go through back in the day when she was she was basically writing letters to her um, partner who was in Moscow studying on exchange at that time. Though these days emails get delivered in seconds, time is still a big issue for couples separated by temporal borders, time zones. Hi, my name is Natalia. You might know me from the other episode of Obvious, the podcast where I talk about my uh, adventurous surname change. Um, so I am currently in a long-distance relationship with a Mexican boy named Fabian. She's currently in St. Petersburg, Russia, and her boyfriend in Mexico. They met in university and started going out in quarantine, but with new COVID restrictions in place, they have been separated for most of the past six months. I think the worst part about this relationship is that we in a very drastic time different zone because he is in, he's eight hours behind me. So every time when I wake up at like eight in the morning, it's already midnight in Mexico. And it's really hard to navigate that logistics. And um, we, I think the good night, good morning is a must. Uh, that what we do. Um, I, I mean, I did a bunch of stupid stuff that you can see online where, uh, you know, you send a postcard um, to a person with all the wishes or like Uber Eats deliveries or, you know, small like Amazon gifts and stuff. And since they no longer physically share a space, they created a virtual one. There is a game we play. It's like a really stupid game, but every day you can log in and go to your other players field and like do things and water their plants and stuff. So we do that, which is extremely childish, but I guess it's a nice little routine. And then the game tells you, your boyfriend has visited you and you go, ah, oh, he's been there. So it's really, uh, I think it's the small things that kind of help a lot. We spend like a, a few months together being inseparable and you sort of spend 24 seven with that person. And then suddenly you don't have that at all. And I think in the normal uh, sort of normal scenario, pre COVID people would live together, but also have their own lives and center of their attention wouldn't be just the relationship but when you confined in one room for many many months uh it sort of becomes your only reality and that was real like really really hard the first few weeks i just couldn't i didn't know what to do it felt really weird and i think also the like the fear of missing out feeling is really present he has his own life and he has his friends that he sees and 
you know, does fun stuff, but you sometimes start feeling, but, but why is he having fun? But I'm not there. Why is he having fun without me? And it's very, like, very selfish thing, but also very common. And it has been something that I've been struggling with. I can't say you don't want them to have fun because you're not there, but you wish that the world with you was more fun. These words reverberate inside me, and I remember so clearly how I was having the exact same thoughts and questions. But what helped me in those moments were stories of people who had made it through time and distance and survived together. Here's one of those stories. Okay, um, I'm Asya. I'm Blut. Uh, and we've been together since 2017, right? Um, so it's four years now. Almost four it years. It will be four years in August. Yes. This year. They are both from Cyprus and met on a Facebook group through mutual friends. It wasn't love at first sight, but Asya was studying in the UK at the time. And once when she came back to Cyprus... Out of nowhere, he just... Uh, texted me saying, hey Asya, um, how are you? And then you said, I uh, host a podcast, a radio show, and I have friends over, we're just chatting, drinking, would you like to join us? And then I was really bored that night, I guess, (laughs) because I don't know this guy, I don't know any of his friends, but I just decided, okay, I'll go. And then I went the next week and the next week, and then we started going out. So yeah, that's how we met. It started so quickly, they didn't even have time to consider whether they wanted to go long distance. It just happened. So there was no question, actually, like, if I'm going to do this or not. We just started it. We was just sailed on the boat, I suppose. Yeah. And I cannot consider it as a, like, three-year long, long distance relationship. For me, it was like that. I'm going to hold my breath for next three months and then we will meet and then I will hold my breath for next four months and then we will meet again. That's how I handle it, actually. Like other couples, they made sure to speak regularly and share as much of their lives as possible. But they also had some other traditions that I admit are very cute. They went on virtual dates, FaceTiming from restaurants in different cities. And once Bulut made Asya a private radio show. I was doing a radio show at that time. I was sending songs to you, and one night I made a special show to her. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was studying and I was listening to the show live. And he, I studied in Glasgow, so he played like Glas- Glaswegian musicians. Yes. And he'd say, oh, this song is for my girlfriend, Bastia, who's studying right now. Good luck and stuff like that. So that was nice. They also created a private Facebook group with just the two of them and called it Tiny Dancer and Rocket Man after the Elton John song. Ballerina, you must have seen her Dancing in the sand And we just posted stuff for on me, there for each other. For me, maybe to share private things, like photos yeah. and... Favourite songs, like Sasha said. As screenshots, stuff like that. You made memes out of me. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, we posted on there as well. When we weren't speaking, we would just post there. But they had their lows too. Both Britain, where Asia was studying, and Cyprus, where Bullock lived at the time, are islands. And if airplane tickets were too expensive, there were no options to get a car and drive or hop on a train. But guess what helped them in those difficult moments? Memories and imagination. I was happy for you for being in UK instead of somewhere else because I spent like almost 10 years in UK 
and she was at somewhere that I was already familiar, not Glasgow maybe, I went to Glasgow a few times, but in UK in general. So I was able to, you know, imagine what kind of life she was having there and, you know, how does she spend her time and that was making it easier. Yeah, you would tell me, oh, I used to eat this from Tesco. Exactly. Do you want to go try it? And you would say, yeah. oh, we have this because in London. Do you have that in Glasgow as well? Do you want to go try it out? Because imagine you have this new person in your life and you already feel your you know, imagination with your ambitions and you know your wonders and you know, your curiosity. But when you're not familiar with the you know, area that the person is in it, it's a bit difficult to figure out what's happening. But I was able to picture yourself in a street with a cup of coffee that you took from Nero in your hands and, you know, just feel happy for yourself when you said that you go out for a walk. Because I did the same. You could picture what exactly. my life was like. Exactly, and that was making it easier. Since both Asian Bulot and Mate and Natya seem to have handled long distance quite well, I asked them for some tips. I would say that don't forget that long-distance relationship is still a relationship. You are still experiencing this together with another person that you choose and chose you, that you're chosen by. And value that time as well. Don't just mourn that you're talking through Skype instead of meeting around the table. That is a still meeting, that conversations are still precious, if you see the you know what's precious in them. And value that time. Don't underestimate long-distance relationship just because there's a distance between you and the person. I would say that. Maybe not rules, but traditions and things you do together. Like sometimes once a week we would have date nights and we would go to a cafe and he would turn on his video and I would. And we would just be out because that was a thing as well. We were so bored of only seeing each other in our rooms. I, I would say, I really want to go out on a date. I want to do something together. So we would go to a cafe together. Together, I mean in quotations. <laughs> and so that's that was fun. I mean, try to do some fun stuff. Maybe, I don't know, watch movies together, like you said. So I guess the top three commandments would be be prepared for the time zones, make some kind of terms and conditions and like, you know, kind of a rough guideline to follow. And definitely if there's something that you would normally get angry about when you're in the same place, don't take a second, breathe and think and ask yourself, is this really worth trying to get the person to answer their phone for the next three days? <laughs> you know. For me, the thing that made me sad at the beginning writing lists of things we'll one day do together, actually became a solace. I came to think of it as a box of chocolates that we will slowly devour together once we find ourselves in the same place. Now, we're nearing the end of this episode and I want to end on a high note, so I have some happy endings for you, especially those of you who might struggle in a long-distance relationship. Mate and Natia got married shortly after he joined her in Tbilisi. It's, you know, it's definitely weird to to um get uh, to wake up to the person every day and to you know go to sleep you know in each other's arms or whatever and then watch movies together have like different date nights you know cook together so it's definitely surreal kind of change but it's working out pretty well so far 
and Asian Bulut moved in together in Cyprus, and they no longer post in their Facebook group. One of the last posts in it is a photo of two toothbrushes in a cup, captioned with a heart. It's, it's cute. It's well, fun I... looking at it now. And then the, when I move back to Cyprus, we have, I think it's the last post. It says, yeah. we beat the distance. So that's the last post on the group. So we don't feel the need to post stuff on there anymore, clearly. But it's a nice memory we have. We still look back at them now. Michele and I are currently looking for flats in Brussels because we too, after four years separated by borders, are finally going to live in the same city. And I can't wait until I too will be able to take a picture of a glass with two toothbrushes in it. This is Obvious, the podcast. It is produced by Astrid Gagoupian, Sacha Tian and Teresa Frelich. Our jingle is the work of Pico. Follow us on social media and tune in Monday in two weeks for our next episode. If you want to hear more of us in the future, you can support this podcast financially with just a few euros on buymeacoffee.com slash obviouspod.